This is George Hamilton Combs, and that's the way the world spins. This is WOR Radio, your station for news. This is FBI agent R. Joseph Letalian. A murder is committed every hour somewhere in the United States. The FBI and your local police need your help. You may be a witness today. Call your local police or the FBI. Our New York number is Lehigh 57700. Another highlight of the evening coming up, the Gene Shepherd Show. WORAM and FM, New York. Join sportscaster Bob Wolf as the New York Rangers meet the Toronto Maple Leafs Saturday night at 8.30 on WORTV, Channel 9. Jackie Gleason show. Would he come on and say, oh, oh, how rotten it is. How rotten it is. Hello there. I see a little note here. It says um, it was from the subway atop uh, the subway stop. It's 116th and Broadway. Somebody wrote on there. In that good evangelical zeal of the NYU and CCNY and Columbia student marching forward to a new, brighter future, God is dead! Nietzsche. And um, somebody came by a couple of minutes later and wrote underneath it, Nietzsche is dead! God! <laughs> Please. <laughs> Speaking of wowsers, uh, we have um, another one here. Uh, this is a reset that in there, please, if you will. Minion. Hey, what nationality is Minion, by the way? It's uh, kind of a nice name. It sounds a little Greek. Uh, we have uh, a note here. Uh, also, it says uh, this is from one of our spies, our spies that are working everywhere. He says, Shep. Uh, last year at the Metropolitan Opera House, don't mention this to anybody because you don't want to embarrass anyone. It says, uh, last year at the Metropolitan Opera House in the men's room, 
written for all to see in black crayon were these words. And he said it was in a place where you just couldn't miss it. You had to stand and look at it for a long time, you know. He, he said there were these words, Rudolph Bing stinks. Everywhere, little protests. Everywhere, people are sending up their little whoopee bombs. I saw one that said Robert Moses is a double agent. <laughs> you know, a couple of couple of nights ago, we, we talked about uh, the business of humble pie, and you just can't get any humble pie here. I haven't gotten a good slice of humble pie in a long time. Well, I had a little uh, piece of humble pie in a diner up outside of Darien a couple of months ago, but they had a cardboard crust under it. And believe me, a cardboard crust does not fit a piece of humble pie. I don't know whether you you have the same connotation that I do with the word crust. They don't use that anymore. That's a great phrase. Oh, boy, what crust? You remember that? My mother used to always come in with her eyeballs bulging, you know, looking at me. What, what crust? The crust of that man! And she'd come in popping, you know, with after the fuller brush salesman that stood on her toe for a half an hour, you know, and tried to sell her something to dust the top of the mantelpiece. We never had a mantelpiece. And, uh, <laughs> you know, what crust? What crust? We, you know, that's one thing that that is missing out of out of uh, today's life, the continual battle between mothers, housewife types, and the door-to-door salesman. That just does not exist anymore. And of course, once in a while somebody shows up, but the but that that awful moment when everybody's sitting down to supper, or uh, the, that peaceful instant, and you hear out you hear on the door this. <laughs> My mother'd say a peddler. Another peddler. That's the 27th one since noon. And there'd be another pregnant pause, and then... Hey, you guys in there! Hey, I can see you in there! Well, this is okay. All right, Jeannie, you hide under the kitchen table. Randy, into the broom closet. And I'll lay flat on the floor here. Under the dining room table. And all of us would lay there flat. Barely breathing. And you can hear this guy stalking back and forth out there, looking through the windows. You know, that scene where they look. Of course, every house he comes up to, he hollers, No use to hide! I see you in there! But he never saw anybody, because our, our neighborhood was like a chameleon. We could change into a lamp. Uh, instantly, I could change into, into a hat rack. And we'd all stand there, hardly breathe. It would seem like hours would go by. And then you'd hear, clunk, 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 clunk footsteps. My mother would stamp and say, oh boy, she whiz. My kid brother would say, I gotta go to the toilet. Whoa, 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 whoa. And, you know, he's been holding it. And that, then, then I'd get up out of, out, of the, out of the broom closet and we'd stretch. Oh, wow, wee, gee whiz, wow. And my mother turned on the radio and Bing Crosby would start singing, when the moon comes over the mountain. And then you'd hear, I see you, I see all you in there. He's been waiting out there. He's euchred the whole crowd. He has been waiting. Oh. All right, here's something that we have been threatening to do for a long time. It's been a long time since we've done it. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is tonight. Huh? This is one of them nights. 
Uh, yeah, I know. It's a great night. I know, though. I shouldn't. I, I should be more serious. Well, this is radio, you know. This is a serious medium, and this is an age of great discourse. And uh, I should get in on that discourse. Uh, while we're uh, speaking of uh, the great discourse and the great uh, problems that underlie our time, uh, I did this thing about three months ago, and uh, people have been pestering me to do it ever since, and I've been properly, uh, uh, properly uh, bugged. But the, oh no, no, let's admit it. I've been, uh, I've been uh, delighted. See, so will you please sneak in my train music in there, Mr. Minion? Please, if you will, just a little train there, a little sound of the trains there in the background. Oh, listen to that sound. Listen to that sound of that old freight. Listen to that dragging over those crossings. Hear those ties clinking and clanking. Listen to the creaking of those couplings. Just beginning to roll up a grade. Great sound. Hear the, hear the sound of those brakes squealing against the wind. A Texas cowboy on a barroom floor had drunk so much he could hold no more. So he fell asleep with a troubled brain to dream that he rode on a hell-bound train. The engine with murderous blood was damp and was brilliantly lit with a brimstone lamp. An imp for fuel was shoveling bones. Get that other big record up there. Come on, our man. Get it up there. Hold it careful. An imp for fuel was shoveling bones while the furnace rang with a thousand groans. The boiler was filled with lager beer and the devil himself was the engineer. The passengers were most a motley crew, church member, atheist, Gentile and Jew, rich man in broadcloth, beggars in rags, handsome young ladies and withered old hags, yellow and black men, red, brown and white, all chained together. Oh God, what an awful sight. While the train rushed on at an awful pace, the sulfurous fumes scorched their hands and face. Wider and wider, the country grew, and faster and faster, the engine flew. Louder and louder, the thunder crashed, and brighter and brighter, the lightning flashed. Hotter and hotter, the air became, till the clothes were burnt from each quivering frame. Then, out of the distance, there rose a yell. Said the devil, we're nearing hell. Then, oh, how the passengers all shrieked with pain and begged the devil to stop the train. But he capered about and danced with glee and laughed and joked at their misery. My faithful friends, <laughs> you've done your work. And the devil never can a payday shirk. You've bullied the weak. You've robbed the poor. The starving brother you've turned from the door, you've laid up gold where the canker rust and given free vent to your beastly lust. You've justice scorned and corruption sown and trampled the laws of nature down. You have drunk, rioted, cheated, plundered and lied and mocked at God in your hell-born pride. You paid full fare, so I'll carry you through, for it's only right that you should have your due. <laughs> Why, the laborer always expects his hire, so I'll land you safe in the lake of fire. 
flesh will waste in the flames that roar, and my imps torment you forevermore, 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 forevermore. Then the cowboy awoke with an anguished cry, his clothes wet with sweat and his hair standing high. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Then he prayed as he never prayed till that hour to be saved from his sin and the demon's power. And his prayers and his vows were not in vain, for he never rode that hell-bound train. that old train that old train dragging him on to hell creaking and clanking and chugging its way through that darkening night oh listen to it steam hissing the old devil at the throttle (laughs) and the imps feeding the fire with the bones of the victims and the boiler filled with lager beer. <laughs> Listen to that old train dragging up that grade. Chug, 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 Roaring through the tunnels in the dark night. And screaming out into the air, reaching for the sky. But there's no light anywhere, just the roar of the trucks over those iron ribbons and the clank and the boom of the ties and the thunder and the roar of the of the sand dunes echoing to the lost and gone deserts in the soul. <laughs> what a train! What a ride! What an engineer! Let's go back to the club car and swing, gang! Well, speaking of uh, suburbanites, this is WORAM and FM New York. And uh, holy smokes. Let's get back to the real world, the world that you and I all love. The world of Mr. Clean, the world of the White Knight. And the world of the little white tornado, where the devil doesn't ride behind the throttle, roaring into the night and screaming at you that you haven't used the right mouthwash. Here we are at the cave of the 2,500-year-old brewmaster. And, sir, I could hardly sleep last night because I heard that you have a new song for us that you think is even better than the old, familiar, wonderful Ballantine song. You eager little pusher that you are. Why do you say that? You're trying to get on the better side of me, aren't you? Oh, sir, you're joking, of course. You're trying to induce me to sing. Well, I was... So you can put me on radio, and you're not here for nothing. You're not here just to say, how are you, and happy birthday. You're here to push your little kegs, aren't you? Sir, I was told that you had a song for us, and are you mad at me? I'm always mad at you. Well, you've never shown it before. You're leading me down the path to corruption. (laughs) Well, sir, I, 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 I know you're kidding because there's a smile r- ringing, wreathing your mouth. You're uh, lying. There's no smile, folks. <laughs> if you want to start living a life that's livelier, live it with spirit. 
Valentine beer. There's more spirit to it. Oh, Brooks. Hello, hello. Testing there. There we go. Wait a minute. Let's get this can here fixed. Oh, Mel. Thousand, two thousand year old man. You know how he, why he can do a twenty five hundred year old man so good? Is that the, that's the way Mel usually feels. <laughs> and he himself personally told me that long ago before he even started doing that bit. Now, speaking of bits here, um, hey, listen, I got to clear something up. A couple of months ago, and in fact, continuously in, in the last month or so. And I'm quite flattered by it. There have been people writing about a reputed or a mythical record that we made a couple of seasons ago, and in fact, one last year for Electra Records. And uh, a lot of people called Electra here a month or so ago to find out about it, find out where they could get it and so on. And now the record has been put in many of the stores. And I'll tell you where you can get them. And I'm not uh, selling records here, but I can't answer all the mail on this, and it's just got to be done. Uh, the records, you can get them at uh, Sam Goody has them now. In fact, if you went to Goody's here a few months ago, and he said he never heard of it and didn't have it, they've got them now. It's Sam Goody's at Corvettes. You can get them at Corvettes. I'm now in the discount markdown market. <laughs> wow. Uh, you can also, how would you like to be sold over-the-counter Corvettes, friends? Uh, you can get them at Corvettes. You can get them at uh, Macy's. And, uh, well, that's enough. Macy's, Corvettes, Sam Goody. And what? Alexander's. Oh, Alexander's has them too? Very good. Magnificent, fantastic Alexander's. All right. Now, they'll take care of that. That's the end of that. And uh, and if you're if you're out of town and you're confused about this, I suggest you write a note to Electra. I don't know what their address is. It's uh, 1296. That's it. 1296th Avenue, Electra Records. Now, let's get on with a few of these other whoopee bits here. Gee, that's scary. You know, I'm still off my base now. I'm still still terribly confused about that hellbound train. Because I sometimes think I'm on it, boy. I sometimes think I'm sitting right back there in the club car yelling and hollering and swigging it down. You know, and, and singing, yes, sir, that's my baby at the top of my lungs when I should be. Oh, wow. Uh, speaking of... Uh, of uh, knocking it down. We have here a note from the Rover people, and they told me about this a month or so ago, and I have refrained from saying anything about it until it's now out on the market. Listen very carefully to this. The Rover Motor Company of North America Limited announces that effective immediately all Rover 2000 sold in North America or in its overseas delivery program will be fitted, listen to this, Bob, with an electronic sensing probe mounted on the front of the car to relay a signal to the driver. It's an kind of like a little radar set. It relays a signal to the driver in the event that atmospheric conditions are such that ice could be forming ahead on the road. And their point being that with these great heaters that most cars have today, most people driving along are driving along in, in warm weather like they have back home. And all of a sudden, the temperature could drop seven degrees, and you come over a hill in a uh, on a turnpike, and you slide sideways two or three miles and flip into a ditch, and that's it. They have an electronic probing device. Device it mounts on the front fender. It's a little radar antenna-like thing. Here's a picture of it. It looks wild. Here's here's a picture of it. It's, it's it. It looks like a little parabolic reflector that mounts, yeah, between the front headlights. And uh, this is all on all the new, and, and uh, as far as I know, they're the only ones that have it. 
Uh, it's a very brand new device. A little little light flashes on your dashboard when the conditions are such that ice could form. Now they're not. It's not a thermometer. Uh, this thing measures. Uh, it measures uh, not only uh, temperature but barometric pressure. Also measures uh, the humidity in the air. Measures a lot of things, and when the conditions are right for ice, it goes pow, 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 like out that. This is the Rover 2000, the magnificent car. It's a good idea. Do you have another? Oh, listen, I've really got a sneaky spot for you this time. I want you to listen very carefully. This is a very sneaky commercial. Time stood still. No one even dared to breathe. There was a hint of rain in the air. The sun hung like an old copper penny high in the sky. There was a brief pause. The executioner's axe rose high, high, and then fell. Is it possible to destroy evil? Is it possible to kill death itself? Dr. Fu Manchu's head rolled into the basket. Or did it? See the face of Fu Manchu in Technicolor, a Seven Arts Pictures release. Gee, I wonder who did them commercials. Sounds very familiar. Wise guy, very familiar. I don't know who did them commercials. Oh, you don't have a Valentine? It's live. Oh. Okay, I don't know what you mean. She points in and goes, wah. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Oh, forget the tag. We'll do the tag later. Hit the Valentine. You got it? Well, we've done that. We've done Fu Manchu, and we've got KLH. All right, KLH. You like that commercial? Did you enjoy that? Well, uh, if you didn't hear it good, and if it sounded like it scratched, and if it sounded like Shepard on that commercial, that's obviously because you've got a very bad uh, FM or AM tuner. And I would like to recommend to you a brief investigatory trip to the Electronic Workshop at 29 West 8th Street. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, this is the most satisfying and satisfactory uh, hi-fi electronic shop that I know of in the entire eastern seaboard region. It's the only one I've found that I can go in and they talk to you like a human being and not like a customer. You know what I mean? And when you come in and say it hums... They say, oh, really? Let's try it. They plug it in and it don't. Uh, <laughs> you know, that, that madnik thing, it always hums at home. It doesn't hum when you bring it into the service man. But seriously, if you have been having trouble with your hi-fi equipment, you, you contact the Electronic Workshop, 26 West A Street. And if you want to buy new equipment, these guys talk to you like you, you know, have a thought in your head and that you're liable to come back again. And their number is Gramercy 30140. And be sure to see the KLH stuff they have on display down there. Okay, are we back again now? All right, now let's back. Oh, one more thing I must say. Let's not go back yet. Did we have a tag on that Fu Manchu? Well, I don't know where it is. It's all the stuff piled up, so I don't know where the tag is. Here it is here. Here it is. Tag. See the face of Fu Manchu Wednesday at theaters all over town. Okay, now we're cool. You know, speaking uh, speaking of the sockdologers of our time, no wonder no wonder uh, uh, Don Marquis and guys like Ring Lardner 
and uh, people like George Ade, guys who, who uh, worked uh, early in, in uh, American culture, finally began to have a rather cynical and sardonic view of it. We have a very special kind of culture, you know, in America. It's laced with, uh, with, uh, with hope, curious thing. Like any minute now, you're going to make it all away. Uh, on the other side, it's laced with a kind of hopelessness. Most people in, in, in America feel a great sense of, of deep-seated being cheated <laughs> uh, when they see the stars on TV. And they say, well, why? Why not me? Why? <laughs> they have, a, they have a, a vague sense of being bugged when they see John Lindsay up there getting elected. Uh, oh, this is all part of the whole this special American thing. Most people in other countries uh, accept, and, and it's, it's, it's part of the weakness of their system in many cases, the role into which they're cast. You know, a kid is, is, uh, is the son of a peasant somewhere, and he just accepts his peasanthood. You know, he, he walks around and he goes in and, and uh, eats his cabbage and he drinks his bad wine and sits down and belches, and that's about as far as he ever thinks. He never thinks in terms of trying to become uh, Yves Montan. <laughs> he never sits and watches French movies and says, ooh, ooh, Why have I not gone this way? He, he, he just doesn't see it that way. But in America, every guy sitting in the seats vaguely feels that one day somebody's going to call him on the phone. It's going to be Daryl Zanuck. And Zanuck is going to say, we've had our eye on you, Charlie, and we're doing the life of Charlie Witherspoon, and you're playing it. Uh, it's, it's, this, it's this peculiar combination of, of vulgarity, hope, dreams, who knows what. No wonder we are now are the basic spawning and breeding ground for all kinds of demonstrations of one type or another. Uh, because we have a life that in a way lends itself to it. You know, it kind of encourages it. Uh, on the one hand, we have the Horatio Alger uh, myth that is still with us, that any, any young man can, can uh, work hard and go to school and wind up uh, who knows what, and it just isn't true. You know, <laughs> It just isn't true. So we're bugged by that. On the other hand, we see guys that have done it. We're bugged by that. And the population is getting to the point where it's 87 million people. And we're bugged by that. How is it, how are you going to be an individual when you're, when you're in a country that has 200 million people all jammed together on one street, all trying to buy, uh, <laughs> the same thing and all, you know, it's just a, it's a, it's a physical problem that other countries just don't have. You know, there's another thing. I, I saw a funny little scene the other day. A friend of mine, uh, we happen to be in a, in a parking lot. And uh, it was a, a very special parking lot. It was it was uh, it, it was a parking lot in front of an office, and this office imports automobiles. And it was in the country, and it had trees all around it. And as far as you could see, these cars were parked, all of them, and it, they were owned by the guys who worked in the office there. All these little Volkswagens, and the, all the guys who owned them, and they had them there, and they, and they were all driven. But, but but because of some peculiarity of the parking lot. They were all parked in a line, in a sharp, clean line. It was a little concrete abutment that ran along that divided the parking lot up into lanes. And these cars had driven up, and they were lined up like fighter planes. Have you ever seen fighter planes all lined up just sharp as a tack? And every, the noses all match, and the wings all match, and the landing gears all match. And if you stand at one end of a line of fighter planes, they look like one fighter plane. When the GIs have really lined them up, when the, when the Air Force Yardbirds have lined these things up, it's like one fighter plane. And do you know that they even have inspections to see that that's so? 
uh, to inspect the grounds, uh, the ground men in the in the Air Force, the the general or whatever it is when he's out there inspecting. Instead of inspecting their rifles, they'll walk along the 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 uh, the runway, and he'll get down at one end, and he'll stand there, and you see what looks like one fighter plane outlined against the sun. And then he salutes the first lieutenant who's in charge of this line. He says, very good, very good, lieutenant. And the lieutenant says, thank you, sir. And they snap the salute. And then he marches off and checks off the next line. And then the lieutenant turns to the sergeant. He says, very good, sergeant. And the sergeant says, all right, all you guys, you can get your pass now. And uh, life is again clean and beautiful. Well, I come out of this office, and we're all standing there, myself and two other guys, and we looked along this line of Volkswagens. Just, it was amazing. It looked like one Volkswagen, all lined up, just like that. There must have been 200 of them, just like they were cut out of one big cookie cutter. And the guy turned to me, and and we were going to get into his Volkswagen, see, and he turned to me, and he says, um, isn't this some sight? And I said, it sure is. And I said, how do you find your car? He says, boy, I'll tell you, some nights, he says, it's fun, I'll tell you. He says, I go and look in glove compartments some nights. He says, I'll find some wild stuff. And we started to get into his car, and he looked over the top of his car to me, and he says, you know, you know, Shep, the funny thing about it is the people who buy these cars all think they're nonconformists. <laughs> and away we went along, along U.S. 46, and there were seven VWs ahead of us and seven VWs behind us, all nonconformists. Big up a lot of that wild stuff there, man. It's the American culture. It's the American culture, man, all the way. We're walking through this great sea of thunder, of rock, of roll, of pitch and toss. This great rocking, screaming, wild American life that we live in. And all the while, on each side of us, in the dark seas, the little hopes, the little fears, <laughs> the little desires, the little complaints, the little constant nudging things that say, your breath ain't no good, man. You got pimples. The chicks don't dig you. Or the guys don't dig you if you're a chick. And you say, I don't care. I said, but I do care. I don't want to make it, but I do want to make it. I want to become a star. Ah, who wants to be in showbiz? Oh, yeah. I want to be the president. Oh, who wants to be the president? It's the last job I'd ever take. Wow, wow. The music comes roaring out of the garages. And it echoes from each corner of the movie drive-in where Steve Reeves is playing, again, Unchained as Hercules. And thousands of people and thousands of Ford are eating Chinese egg rolls. Pinching each other. And other things. And up on the screen, Elizabeth Taylor, 37 feet high, moves closer to a 47-foot high Richard Burton. True love once again blossoms in stereophonic, true life, technicolor Todd Ayo.
You can taste it, you can smell it, you can feel it. The dreams, the hopes, the buggingness, the constant nudging and pushing, the flat tires, the stolen hubcaps, the four-letter words written on the walls of subways and bus stations, underneath signs, uh, everywhere you go, everywhere. And if it sound roars on, the guy keeps saying, the time, the time now is five minutes past eleven. WABC hit time all the way, we're going all the way, all the way, all the way, all the way. And then the ads arrive, the little pieces of smudgy paper in the mail, offering a swinging life, a swinging life by mail. You must be satisfied or your money returned. How to win a husband and hold him forever. Expert, confidential, easy to follow, and successful advice for every girl, married or single, who wants to win that man. It's easy to win and keep the man you love if you know how. Only $1 plus 25 cents postage, plain wrapper. Order today for a wonderful new life tomorrow. How to succeed in Hollywood. Want to be famous? Wealthy? New book tells how, tells all. How to start contacts, agents, glamour, and wardrobe secrets. Casting offices, schools, and how to enter and win beauty contests. How to start a Hollywood career right in your own home. One dollar order today. Your money refunded if you're not entirely divided. Be a movie star. How to make a hit record. Big demand. Learn at home. New book tells how stars do it. How and when and where to make a record in your own hometown. Where to sell it. TV, local radio stations, clubs will make you a hit recording star. Be popular. Do it tonight in your own home. One dollar or your money refunded. You must be delighted. Wives, marriage and divorce laws. New 1966 guide covers laws of all states and Mexico. Avoid costly mistakes, girls. Easy to read and to understand. Order today for a wise and protected you tomorrow. Also order how to win a husband in the same manner. How to win at bingo. New book tells you that there is a system to help you win at bingo. Don't play this game blindly. Have the percentages and the odds on your side. How to select percentage cards, sweepstakes system, four-corner specials, impress your friends and relatives, go all the way, beat the daylights out of them at bingo. Got them old bingo blues. I want to win, 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 win. I got to win, 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 win. I want to be famous. I want to go all the way. I got them. I ain't got no hit record blues. I got them. I ain't got no divorce blues. What to do about acne? New book explains acne and what you can do about it. Lane Rappers sent to you. Order today for a lovelier you tomorrow. While you've made your hit record, got your divorce, and gone on to become a movie star, you've got to get rid of your acne. Go all the way. Bum, 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 bum. One hundred star autographs. 
Wow, a priceless collection of 100 authentic autographs of 100 top stars. A priceless collection for just one dollar. How to make money writing songs. Learn at home quickly and easily. Big money possible. Be famous. 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 You must be satisfied or your money returned. This program has been sent to you as a public service of the Dream Radio Station. Dream along with Big Daddy Dream Boy here every day at the same time. Gee, wasn't that exciting? Holy smokes. Is that the way it is? <laughs> oh, man, you know, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's sometimes uh, as you, as you, I guess I guess what we're all bugged by uh, uh, eventually, uh, in one way or another, in some way. Do that after the show, hon. One way or another, or somehow, what we all get bugged by is an attempt to somehow express the inexpressible, whatever that is. You know, the little thing, a little a little Brillo pad of something down inside of each one of us. And I suspect that that some people's Brillo pad gets rusty very early in life, and it begins to fall apart. You know how Brillo pads fall apart? You see them dissolve in the sink, and they finally uh, go down the drain, and that's the end of it. Well, some Brillo pads that we're born with, that little Brillo pad of cussedness, that uh, <laughs> that uh, that little, the, what I suppose you could call it, you know, it's been called many, many things, millions of things. Uh, almost every age has another way of calling this thing that's inside each human being another thing. They've tried to define it. They, at one point, they called it the soul. Uh, other people call it the essential you, the essential being. Uh, the oriental religions have about nine different definitions of it. But it's, it's that thing. And, and you know what I'm talking about. It's hard to, uh, without saying that, that sounds like a cop-out to people when you say, well, you know what I'm talking about, but you do. You know, you really do. It's that thing inside of you that as you walk down the street and you're just alive and, and the sun is shining or the sun is not, uh, just a day, and you are actually a, a, a living, walking around machine converting food, converting air, converting various other things, uh, the sunshine, into a kind of kinetic energy. Uh, it's a trans you're a transformation machine, just like a motor. When you pour gasoline into a motor and it sucks a little air into it and you add a little electricity to it, it uh, turns over and fires and it begins to create this action, this energy, this thing that it spins this uh, flywheel and the drive shaft, and it moves things. Uh, we're all doing that. We're an engine, you know. We really are, whether we like it or not. We are converting food. We're converting sunshine and air and light 
things we see, things we feel, we're converting all these things into some kind of energy. Some kind of energy. We've never been able to quite define what that energy is and what it should do. Uh, what, what that machine that we've got, why it's running. It's easy to see why automobile engines are running. It's easy to see because they're making the wheels go round and the wheels take people around and that's the end of it. Uh, we know this, or at least we think we... Although I doubt whether any automobile engine, if closely questioned, if any automobile engine could talk and was asked why he existed, I doubt whether he could comprehend or would even... He would say, I don't know, because he does not believe in carrying people around. He, he, he says, is this all I'm good for? Driving along US-6? Driving along the, the freeway? <laughs> well, so ultimately, we've got the same problem, you know, and everybody, everybody who's converting all this junk in his mind you knows the food comes in. You know, you eat just about as much food, say, as, uh, as uh, name a great thinker of our world or a great doer of our world. You eat and and uh, devour and, and convert into energy just about as much food as, let us say, uh, oh, let's say Bertrand Russell does. Probably more. Uh, you see the world. You're just as much part of the world as he is. And you, you, you observe it and you feel about it. And I think what frustrates most people is the sense that, that whatever that flywheel they've got inside of them, this thing, has never been hooked on to anything. <laughs> it's never, it's just running. And it's a furia, infuriating thing. And, and so somebody says, well, get a job, all right? So he goes down, he gets a job at the Bolton Nut Factory, and he hooks in his machine into that business. And there he is right there again, you know. He has no vested interest in bolts and nuts, and his machine just runs. And I think this is why artists often have trouble in comprehending the walking around guy. Because artists are utilizing their machine in their own way. Whereas the walking around guy, his machine is just running. In a chicka -chicka 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 it's a fantastically maddening thing. And so you have poems about the hell-bound train. <laughs> you do. Uh, and, and so large numbers of people on the one hand will believe that if, they, if their machine runs cool and nice and it doesn't run over other people's machines, that they will receive their just rewards after they're gone to that great graveyard of rusted machines. And then the great machine of all will hook them up to some kind of cosmic uh, flywheel and they will be connected into some kind of cosmic power belt and they will be finally at home running their machine and running it properly. Then on the other hand, you, you, find, you find large numbers of people who won't concede that because they like the way their machine is running. And they they, uh, they prefer to believe that this is the best of all possible world for human machines. Uh, and I'm talking about the human machine, not in the sense of automation and so on. I'm talking about him as a as a carbo carbohydrate, protein, and or slash converting machine that converts one kind of energy into another type. Uh, that is uh, really what a machine is. And uh, so, being a machine, we're, we're we're probably the only machine ever that uh, that has this little thing inside of them says that says, "You gotta get on a stick. You're lousing around. You're just fooling around. For crying out loud, get on the ball." And so, what we have to do is ultimately sit in great audiences and watch other machines do real things. At least we can pretend they are.
And so we, we read novels written by other machines about great machine lives, great machines that have had fantastic conflict and have finally resolved them. We sit in movies and we watch other great machine moments when this machine chick meets this machine guy and they do things that none of the real machines ever do. They just walk around and sit and watch. And so we finally, eventually, ultimately, I suspect, will be converted into a giant audience where even we will become dissatisfied with the humans we see on the screen because we won't believe that anymore. And ultimately, we'll have to be content, I suppose, with watching actual machines make the scene because if there's anything we believe in, it's machines, real machines. I mean, real ones, infallible. How many commercials have you seen recently that say, untouched by human mind? In fact, there's one insurance company that comes out on TV with a big shot of a lot of machines, and it says, we have finally eliminated the troublesome human factor in contemplating your needs for the future, your hopes and your desires. It's all done now by this big IBM computer that does away with that unreliable human factor related to dreams, ambitions, and the future. Yes, indeed. In hoc agricola conch. Wait till the first machine runs for Alderman. Then we're in business. Next, Lester Smith reporting the news. This is WOR Radio, your station for news. The impact of cancer on family life can be almost as deadly as its attack on the patient. Cancer care helps family life go on as normally as possible, as long as possible. Please give generously when your Cancer Care volunteer calls or send your contribution to Cancer Care, 1 Park Avenue, 